Spring of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. I'm Holly Powell. I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan-Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. This podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life, as seen through the lens of the Collects in the Book of Common Prayer. And this week we're going to be talking about the Collect for Proper 9. I am not nearly as excited about this Collect as I was about Proper 8. I'm just I don't saying. think, I'm not sure it's possible to be more excited than you were about the Collect for Proper 8. Yeah, possibly not. Now, this is another one of those, much like we talked about with Father's Day, Proper 9 takes place on July 3rd. Mm. So it is, in fact, possible that you're going to get some Independence Day stuff mixed in. I'm sorry, my cat is attempting to leap from one kitchen cabinet to another, and he's howling. So if you can hear that, I'm sorry. (laughs) Hashtag cat disclaimer. So we're talking about the actual proper for the day and not the Collect for Independence Day, although there is one. There is one, and we do recognize Independence Day on our liturgical calendar. Yes. Uh, But that is tomorrow, not today. You ever think that that makes the Queen sad? I'm going to guess she hasn't given much thought to this. You're probably right. If Prince Harry wanted to call me, though, and we could talk about it, just say say it. Prince Harry call me we can have this discussion we're pretty sure he listens to the show right you would like me to call you (laughs) (laughs) oh well siri knows you so well (laughs) siri you are something else (laughs) so (laughs) shall we pray (laughs) let's do that this collect can be found on page 230 of the book of common prayer O God, you have taught us to keep all your commandments by loving you and our neighbor. Grant us the grace of your Holy Spirit, that we may be devoted to you with our whole heart and united to one another with pure affection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, grant us grace. Pretty much. (laughs) You said, Hatchet said that... This collect was previously associated with September? Yeah, it's a very strange, non-exciting little snippet of history in that in the in the Leonine Sacramentary, this prayer is associated with a mass that took place in September. The end. <laughs> Thanks, Hatchet. Yeah. <laughs> Good story, bro. Yeah. I, I like this collect, actually. I don't have a problem with this collect. Yeah, there's nothing particularly earth-shattering about it. It's got some things I I would like to discuss. First of all, I'm intrigued by this opening attribution. You have taught us to keep all your commandments by loving you and our neighbor. Now, if that isn't just a little microcosm of what Jesus came to do, I don't know what is. Well, what, it's basically a paraphrase of, on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. Right. So. Why do you think that, um, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to call out any, any other faith traditions or anything like that, but, but to me, that seems so obvious and straightforward that Jesus came to get rid of this legalistic morality that 
was practiced in the Old Testament. Even today, when I was driving past a church, I saw, a, you know, one of these little magnetic church signs that said they were called Ten Commandments, not Ten Suggestions. <laughs> Mm. And and I know, you know, there's been numerous battles about the legality of placing the Ten Commandments in, in places of, of government origin or whatever. And then, of course, all of the kind of wrangling over LGBT issues in the church. And, and I just wonder how other folks view that, I guess. I'm not going to speak for anybody but myself. Um why did Jesus come to erase that legalistic uh, way of doing things, as you say? Although there's some ambiguity about that, uh, depending on how, how you read the Gospels and how you filter the Gospels through Paul. But, you know, Paul certainly wrestles in a huge way with the questions between the law and grace in Romans. And essentially, I think the conclusion he comes to is that, you know, you come up with this long list of rules that is supposed to, if you follow them, will conform your life to what God wills. And instead, they got perverted into ways to judge your neighbor and feel self-satisfied. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Jesus is like, y'all, get back to basics. And this prayer is kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. I think it's, I've talked about this before in the, uh, I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on here. I've talked about it everywhere else. My favorite thing in the Book of Common Prayer, and that's a bold statement, but I'm going to go ahead and claim it, is that the piece, I'm looking for the page number right now, 849 in the Catechism, where it says, it's a question and answer, uh, what is the nature of God revealed in Jesus? Answer, God is love. Hmm. And that is, to me, the foundation of my faith. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that this collect calls out explicitly that the way to do what God wants is to love more. But then it goes on to say, as you point out, give us grace because the evidence shows that we are suboptimal at that. Yeah, it's not our strong point. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to that, um, to last week's epistle reading, uh, we're really good at those things like drunkenness and um, uh, what is it? Factions. Factions. Carousing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're we're pretty good at that. This, uh, we, we need some grace for. Being united to one another with pure affection uh, d- does not sound like factions. Really? Pure affection? <laughs> <laughs> but then again, like, again, to me, you know, this is me. This is this is hippie Holly coming out. That That is what it, what it is for. That, that is what my, my personal spirituality is about. Um, being devoted to God and loving every other human placed here on the planet even or especially when it sucks yeah yeah oh hot shells scared me to death kiddo (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I have anything else to say about this call up do you 
So we have another installment this week of Adam Trambley's Prayers of the People Profiles. I'm so glad. This is the best. Prayers of the People Profiles, an exclusive collect call report by Adam Trambley. This episode of Prayers of the People Profiles, sponsored by London Fog Chasubles. Perfect for parish picnic Eucharists on rainy days. Today, on Prayers of the People Profiles, we're going to look at Prayers of the People Rite 1, found on pages 328 to 330 of the Book of Common Prayer. Here's a quick rundown of what works and what doesn't, followed by our overall insensual evaluation. What works? There's actually a whole lot to like here, starting with the bidding. Let us pray for the whole state of Christ's church and the world. It's beautiful. It's ambitious. It lays out what we should be praying for in the broadest possible way. The prayers themselves harken back to an earlier age, both in expression and theology, in ways that make us think about what we are praying for. These prayers challenge us when they ask us not just to pray for our clergy, but specifically to pray that by their life and doctrine they set forth thy true and lively word. If we really integrated the words of this form into our intercession, our religious imaginations would be strengthened immeasurably. Finally, and somewhat surprisingly, this form provides smoother ways to incorporate parish prayer lists than most other forms. The blanks for names which the parish might add make for easy insertion into the text in a way that flows nicely and the space for additional prayers or thanksgivings is at the most appropriate spot. What doesn't work? Well, if you don't like write one language, this form won't work for you. And if the reader doesn't understand write one language, this form won't work for the congregation. The write one prayers of the people form is also somewhat long. Having no congregational response can make it seem longer as well as allowing the tired mind that woke up for the 8 o'clock service to drift away for a long time before being called back by the final Amen. If the prayers of the saints are bowls of incense, what kind of incense would this form be? Right one's incense would be a custom blend, including aromatic woods, barks, and resins that produces a pleasing, dense smoke with an above-average cough quotient. Well, thanks, Adam. We know that at least one of our listeners will be excited that we talked about Right One on this show. <laughs> I bet more than one of them will be, if I know our listeners. Uh, Holly, have you ever attended Right One services with any regularity? I used to attend a church in which, during the summer, they would switch up, and I always went to the Right Two service, and they would do... In the summers, there was only one service, and it was every other week. So they would do right mm. one one week, and then right two the second week. So I, I don't know if you would consider that regularity, but I have attended it more than a few times. No, I, I was just thinking that when I first became an Episcopalian, I uh, I think almost exclusively went to right one services just based on what the church that was in town and in the town that I was in uh, was doing. Mm-hmm. 
And I identify totally with what Adam is talking about with uh, this form of the prayers of the people. While it is beautiful, the lack of a call and response um, definitely makes it easy to check out. Yeah, you know my feelings about right one in general. And I know yours, and that's okay. I especially agree with what he's had to say there. Do we have different feelings about right one? Yeah, I don't like it. I don't hate it, but I'm definitely more a right to person yeah i'll still go to church <laughs> if it's not that it's just what i find appealing about our faith and i recognize this is this is from a point of having been an episcopalian now for for more than 10 years is that there is something very soothing to me about no longer having to follow the prayer book and not having to read the words, but but having truly, I guess, kind of inwardly digested them enough to where I can say them and in the saying of them kind of drop into this meditative headspace, if that yeah, makes any yeah. sense. I, um, and when I go to a right one service, I'm just not as familiar. Those words don't flow off of my tongue the way that right to does so it feels less spiritual to me i guess is the mm. only word i can say yeah. do we have acknowledgements and bewailings today i have an acknowledgement Ooh, gosh. about i think it was two or three shows ago i i can't quite remember you acknowledged the new margaret atwood mm-hmm. book that you accidentally ordered in large yes print. uh and i have never read any margaret atwood you know her name's been around and so uh, i've been listening to audiobooks a lot because i drive a lot for work mm-hmm. and so i uh, downloaded uh the handmaid's tale the claire danes one yes oh my god oh, it's so good it is so good i loved it and i'm like claire danes was she is so awesome She's so awesome. Okay, I'm so excited to hear that. That is that was my introduction to Margaret Atwood as well. Really? Was that audiobook? I had an Audible subscription for a time, and um, I didn't even really know anything about the book. I was just like, "Oh, it says Claire Danes. That sounds fun. I like my so-called life, like everyone else in Generation Catalano. <laughs> so that sounds cool." And that was one of those. I had to stop listening to audiobooks because I found myself like I only listened to them in my car and I found myself driving really indirect routes to get places so that I could listen longer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why did it take you an hour to drive for the mile and a half to the grocery store? Oh, because there was a really good part. Uh, So, (laughs) but yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you listened to that. It's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was really great. Although I kept like, I don't know why I can't keep Claire Danes and Taylor Danes separate in my mind. Oh my god. <laughs> Brandon? <laughs> what? There are a lot of differences. <laughs> I'll bewail that fact that I have a hard time keeping them separate. Fair enough. <laughs> love will lead you back (laughs) okay well let's see i would like to acknowledge that i am about to achieve a a, a three-day weekend 
because as previously discussed on this show, I have bewailed that June is this kind of crazy, crazy month for me at work. In the middle of it, I was on the road for 10 days, which was less than fun. And I don't think I ever officially bewailed, although those of you who follow me on Twitter know, the evening I was forced to spend on a cot in the uh, Chicago O'Hare oh Airport. Oh my gosh, the worst. I'm so sorry, Holly. It's <laughs> okay. I mean, I wasn't forced. I had a choice. I could have gone to a reduced rate hotel, but they weren't paying for it. And I am cheap as hell. So... I was like, oh, they're setting up cots. That should be nice. It was not nice, but it was better than nothing. So anyway, it's just been a crazy, crazy, crazy month. And um, I'm excited to be in July and have an extra day of um, no work. That'll be awesome. Yay. Yay. Hey, before we go, can I tell you my favorite thing I learned at E-Formation? Of course you can. So I went to Randall Curtis's workshop about Gmail, uh-huh. and towards the tail end of it, he ran out of Gmail stuff to talk about, so he started talking about Google Photos, Okay. and about how you can search your own photos for objects, or, you know, landmarks and people. Sure. And so I searched my pictures for cats, uh-huh. and a bunch of pictures of cats came up. And then I searched my pictures for dogs, and a bunch of cats came up. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Hashtag cat disclaimer. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, if you would like to search your photos and send us your best cat picture or dog picture, you can <laughs> you can find us on the web at the College Call on Twitter or on the email tube at uh, the College Call at axeightmovement.org. Our parent organization is the Acts 8 Movement, which you can find on Facebook and Twitter at Acts 8 Movement, and on the web at Acts8Movement.org. If you would like to contact our friend Adam Trambley to talk to him about your feels, rewrite one, or prayers of the people, you can find him on um, Twitter at Adam Trambley, that's uh, T-R-A-M-B-L-E-Y, or on his blog at adamtrambley.blogspot.com. And if you do choose to tweet us cat pictures, we would also suggest that you tag at George T. Dog uh, in those <laughs> pictures because we are sure that he would love them. Yes, George T. Dog is a big fan of cats, as we all know. <laughs> <laughs> Our theme music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, which is distributed under a Creative Commons license, and you can find more of Aaron's music at madrilan.vanacamp.com. And join us next week when we will be talking about Proper 10. Woo! See you then! Let all mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly-minded For with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth Send our full homage to